All right. Welcome to the Falcon Paladin Hour, everybody. This is your host, Falcon Paladin, with his co-host, Wade. And how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you going? Doing very well. We're recording on July 3rd, which is the birthday of my middle child, and the day before, July 4th, which is Independence Day, for those of you who are unaware. Okay, one, happy birthday to your middle child. And two, you're clearly mistaken. Today is July 4th. Ah, yes, of course. I forgot that the way we do this thing is we're on opposite sides of the globe where Australia does have a time machine and can jump ahead of where we are pretty much daily if they want to. And as a result, where Wade is, it is already American Independence Day and it must be so amazing. Tell me, how is the 2017 version of America's Independence Day from Britain, Wade? From Britain? Oh, you heard me. (laughs) From Britain? I have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> i'm not in britain no i know but it's our independence day from britain oh independence from britain from. okay that makes sense i thought you meant how's the celebration from britain uh, oh right like i was saying in britain got it yeah no 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 no, no. no. it's like um, i know where you are i know where you are we've had this discussion uh, a couple times once or twice uh maybe three times yes well it's the middle of the day so there are no fireworks hmm the best kind of fireworks are the day fireworks, however. What? Oh, yes. You guys let off fireworks during the day. Well, come on. It's America's Independence Day. Are we going to let like a majority of the day be wasted just because the sun is out? Well, no, but that doesn't mean you have to do fireworks. Like, just because there's no fireworks doesn't mean the day is wasted. You have a barbecue and some, you know, gar- like have a party with your mates. Have some beers. You are Grill something. You are clearly not an American, Wade. Fireworks are the highest, highest form of American celebration of independence. And if we're not setting off fireworks from the moment we wake up until the moment we lapse into a drunken stupor, we're doing it wrong. Is it really okay to mix fireworks and alcohol? I don't don't think that's a good combination. (laughs) It is not only okay, it is highly encouraged. Again, it is also part of the highest form of celebrating America's independence, being drunk and using fireworks at the same time. Oh, okay. Learn something new every day. Yes. Uh, so, so how many fireworks have you bought in preparation? Well, the American standard is, I want to say, about 25 pounds of fireworks, which is, I believe, 13 stone in metric. That's, exa- that's <laughs> no, the exact... Stone is, stone is not a metric. <laughs> oh, that's the exact conversion. No. No, I, think no. I, I think I know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I... Okay, I need to find out how many stone that is. <laughs> it's 1.7 stone, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and we right. don't use stone here. Oh, that didn't that didn't come over from when you were owned by the Brits, eh? When? We still are. You still are? Yeah, I mean, she's still our queen. Yep. Uh, like, like she's Canada's queen, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. She's our you're, queen. <laughs> you're self-governed, and everyone says, yeah, she's our queen, but she doesn't have any power. Yes, okay. Kay. I'm glad you agree with me, because I've had this argument in high school with teachers. We were all sitting around in history <laughs> class, and she so it goes, who runs the UK? And I go, the British Prime Minister. And she goes, no, it's the queen, you idiot. What? No. The, the queen is a figurehead who brings in a lot of money... To yes. the crown through tourism and things. Mm-hmm. But 
Like if she, I don't know, she flew over to Australia and was like, what up? I'm going to enact some laws. Everybody be like, no. Uh, she does fly here. So does like the royal family. They come here every now and then. But I don't think they do any law enacting. Uh, I don't like. <laughs> what? Like they don't come here and, you know, sign decrees. <laughs> so we are autonomous. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm oh, I'm sorry. I I heard your accent. I thought you said lore enacting. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like they pretend that they're part of a reenactment of some historical event in Australia. <laughs> I was so confused. Law. Yes, you and the Brits sneak R's into words that have no R's all the time. Law. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> W... I'm spelling it backwards. L A W. Law. Okay. There's no R in there. There's not, but you absolutely said lore because that's how you do. I know this. I watch BBC America television programming and they do that all the time. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Anyway, the Queen does not ever enact law for Canada or Australia or especially not India, any of her former colonies. (laughs) Even if technically she is somehow, by tradition, a figurehead for those countries and the government, she has no actual real power to do anything. Although the British Parliament does need her permission to enact like an early election. When Theresa May did that snap election last month, because yeah, she actually had to go to the Queen and ask for permission to dissolve the Parliament. Is that the only thing she has saying? Um, I hope so. Look again, if she's a figurehead, and this is all part of the same song and dance, and then yes, I assume sometimes you're like, oh, the Queen, we must get her safe or something. But really, if she says no, then bad things happen. So she's not going to say no. Yeah, assumingly, she basically just signs off on whatever they say. Like, look, just leave me to my, you know, corgis and gin. I can't imagine she actually does anything. Does she really drink gin? <laughs> How do you know what she drinks? I'm very, I'm very curious about this. Like, I know about the corgis. I swear the queen drinks gin. Huh. I mean, I'm not judging or anything. I just <laughs> was unaware that she had a favorite drink and then it was gin. I don't know what's a favorite drink. <laughs> Google has an auto like result from Wikipedia saying that queens have enjoyed a good gin and tonic. Huh. Well, you learn something new every day about the queen, even sometimes. Yeah, could you imagine a drunk queen being like off with their heads to everyone? Well, maybe that happens, but they just keep her like inside when she's in that <laughs> state. It's it's possible. God, the queen on a bender. well and here's here's the other thing she's old enough like when i reach her age i'm just gonna do whatever the heck i want because you've already basically beat the odds you've survived past the median age of whatever before people are supposed to die and so if you want to go bungee jumping and ride four wheelers and try to box kangaroos or whatever the heck you guys do down there uh, at that point i say go for it especially because she has an heir like, if she dies, then Charles is the king, and nobody, like, we move on, right? Uh, yeah, there's a pretty strong line of succession currently established, you know. Yeah, they have, like, four generations, don't they? Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, four, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it go, it's her, then Charles, then whoever, which of the, Harry, or whichever one of them is older. Yeah. And then he's got a kid. He's yeah. got a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... 
I think that's enough about the royal family, to be honest. <laughs> we should probably <laughs> move on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so last week we talked about you reading my book a little bit, which we didn't actually mention the title of said book yesterday. So there's a link to it. It's on Amazon, um, but it, it it is... I am... Wow, am I forgetting the name of my own book? <laughs> I, I think you have. I mean, I'm looking at the cover, so I know it. So it's Patient Zero. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. And then something Time Traveler, Patient Zero. I think that's the whole thing. Time Traveler, Patient Zero. Correct. Yeah. You know so, your own book. Well I know. So, so here's why. I wrote the book, and I kind of sat on it for a while, and then a buddy of mine convinced me to get it published, and he's like, you need a good title. And I was like, I don't know good titles. So he threw a bunch of stuff at me, and I was like, this sounds fine, and never gave it another thought, and then it got published, and... Yada, yada, yada. So I did not get pick my own title in conjunction with the book. I, as far as I was concerned, it wasn't important, even though titles are one of the things that make people pick up books and buy them in the first place, and they're very important, it turns out. Well, when I first saw your book, Time Traveler Patient Zero gave me a whole different image on what I thought the book was actually going to be about. Mm-hmm. I'm at page 81 out of 120, and... When I read Patient Zero, I think there's going to be an outbreak because somebody from the past jumped 150 years in the future with some disease that they can't cure. Or maybe someone from now jumps 150 years in the future and then they can't cure what you've got because it's just so old. But I, I haven't come across any of that yet. Yeah, I can definitely understand why the title would give you uh, these preconceptions. Totally understand. I'm not going to tell you anything else for fear of spoiling things, but... Yeah, I am thoroughly enjoying it so far for what it is rather than what I thought it would be. It's very, <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. That does happen sometimes, doesn't it? You pick up a book expecting to be one thing. It's in something else entirely. And it is nice when it's good, even though it's entirely unexpected. Although I think I came across a grammatical error earlier. No. Uh, there's a scene with it. Oh, actually, I shouldn't say it because it is like chapter nine. That's kind of a spoiler. You but, can be vague about it, though. Like, what's the error? Basically, there's a bit where Stanley is... It's, like, really early in the morning, and someone questions him about the events of yesterday, and his internal monologue says, oh, yeah, I guess it's up to midnight. That would be tomorrow, right? Even though it should be yesterday. I guess it's a wrong word, not necessarily grammatical error. I got you. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, let me take a look at that. We can change things. That's the nice thing about the digital publish is that you can just change things on the fly. You don't actually have to do a new uh, printing, which sounds like a giant pain. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. All right, cool. So anyway, there's a link in the description. Uh, Wade is enjoying it. I really enjoyed writing it. Uh, One of the things uh, that Wade mentioned previously when we were talking about this is that uh, the main character in the book is very logically methodical about how he approaches some of the things happening in his life in the book. And so if that's something you like, if you like characters who think about stuff before they do them, before they take action, then this book might be something for you. Yes. Uh, The main character is very goal-orientated in that when he comes across a problem, his goal immediately to have it resolved to the best of his ability at the time is very prominent character feature of him. He gets faced with a challenge and then another challenge, and he just kind of deals with them one after the other. Very effectively, if not... Uh, well, hmm, how would I phrase that? Because <laughs> okay. he, he does his best to deal with them, but ultimately, like people just think he's crazy. Even though he's dealt with the problems effectively and he's done the right thing by involving the police, setting up an investigation, he's still just... 
kind of at square one. Sure, the water's gone from his basement, but he's no step closer to finding Zack. Truth. Yeah, so as I was saying previously, again, we talked about this before the pod, which again, we probably should have saved it, but we can say it again, is that when I watch TV shows or read books with characters who are faced with problems and just kind of run headfirst into them without stopping to kind of take stock of what's going on and make logical choices, it bothers me a lot. And I'm just like, look, I know maybe there aren't any good choices here, and I know maybe you're kind of screwed either way, but if you would just kind of stop and think about it for a minute, maybe we could make some slightly different choices, and when they don't, it hurts. It hurts very much. So when I was writing this book, I really wanted to have a character who honestly tried to sit back and take stock of situations um, without just being terrified or too excited or relying on emotion to make you know to decide what happens next. I do think he kind of does overreact though. Like he 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 often will stop and think, "What's the best course of action?" But that doesn't stop him from overreacting when he's. Uh, immediately wakes up and the first thing he thinks of is does my phone gps been hacked i should get a new phone but does like mm-hmm. i haven't come across it maybe he does but he doesn't think that about his car like he mm. thinks it maybe it's got been bugged but he does say it has a gps system right which I, so right. far he hasn't mentioned it that being hacked yeah you're right and that's the thing i wanted to make a character who was logical but wasn't perfect because i think perfect characters have their own problems mm. So I don't know. You'll just have to. You'll just have to wait and see. Wait and see how things go and how things resolve in this story. And I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Hmm. Do you have? Because it's a digital. I assume you have access to statistics on like sales numbers and review scores and stuff. I do. The, I mean, the review scores are just on Amazon. I think I maybe have seven reviews <laughs> right now. Amazon isn't huge in Australia. Ah. Amazon Prime literally came out like two weeks ago here. Wow. Yeah, I've never been able to find anything bought on Amazon that actually ships to I bought Amazon Prime because it came with Twitch functionality stuff. Like, I got a free sub, which I gave to the Nidus, so... Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good news. When you say, oh, the reviews are just on Amazon, I've been to Amazon maybe four times in my life. It's not, it's not a thing here. So where did you get my book? Google Play. Oh, that's right. You got it on Google Play. Are there any reviews out there? Um, I should have a look, because it is a shame I did not look. I'm going to look at Amazon real quick, as long as I've got it. Time Traveler, Patient Zero. There are currently five reviews. They're all five out of five stars, which is a little suspicious, honestly. (laughs) From an unbiased (laughs) perspective, if I come to a product and everything is five stars, I'm going to be like, no, no, I don't think so. Maybe something's going astray here. Cash for comments or something. <laughs> I can tell you I've not paid a soul to review my book. <laughs> not happen. You didn't send out press uh, copies of the book before release and <laughs> grease the wheels yet? Yeah. Nope. Did not do that. Well, there is no reviews here on Google. On play. Well, maybe yours can be the first one. It is. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's there now. <laughs> Which does actually, I, okay, I'm, so I'm using a stylus on my tablet. I'm not looking through my computer because my keyboard is monstrously loud. Mm. Um, and the stylus is, let's just say, a little inaccurate. So I went to go and give you four stars because you said, I don't trust reviews that are all five stars. And now you have all five star reviews on Google Play for your book. Excellent. I'll take it. It's suspicious, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I think I need to disclose Falcopalad has not paid me for this review, nor did I receive a free copy of the book. 
Very true, and it's probably a good thing to disclose. Thank you. Mm. Although I can gift a copy right here if I hmm. want, which is good. It is good. All right, enough about my book. Let's move on. I have a Half-Life story. Oh, yes? I, I, have, I think I have one of these a week for some reason. All right, so my Half-Life story is that, again, I, to my great embarrassment, never played Half-Life 2 Episodes 1 or 2 because I didn't realize what they were exactly. never got around to getting them, and then I did with the latest Steam sale for the summer sale and have been trying to rectify that problem. So I finished Half-Life 2 Episode 1. Uh, yesterday, actually, is when it was. And so, okay, if you've played Half-Life 2, you know about Alex. Alex is the daughter of one of the scientists from Half-Life 1. She's very cool. She's very good with a gun. Yeah, she helps you with a lot of the missions and stuff. And she kind of sees you as this big hero because you are, you know, the hero of Half-Life 1 and the events that her dad's been telling her about. So she is a great help in Half-Life 2 Episode 1. And then we come around to the big final boss, wherein you have to take down a giant robot walking monster with laser beams and rocket launchers, and it's really hard, and I died 37 times before I could beat it. And moments before this happens, Alex disappears. I don't know where she went. She runs off and hides somewhere, I guess. And then as soon as I complete the mission after dying 37 times, she's back! instantly and goes way to go i'm so proud of you you did such a great job taking that thing down and i was like oh, okay look so she's like standing next to you the giant monster thing that you fight appears the boss and then she vanishes and then you kill it and she reappears like magic so in fairness i was really focusing on the rockets coming at my head okay so yep. i don't know if she literally disappears or if like there is actually animation where she goes off somewhere else for a while like i mean it's valve i assume they were smart enough and had enough attention to detail to make sure that she didn't just vanish <laughs> but that's sure what it felt like when <laughs> i was trying to stay alive <laughs> and then i think in fairness she does come out of a door so like you make it to the place where you can actually get shots off on this thing after running through an inferno basically you're on a high spot, and then once the thing dies, this door opens to your right, and she comes out of it, like, so stoked. I'm just like, look, if you were afraid, it's fine. You can admit you were afraid. But don't bail on me and then be like, way to go. That was great, and have no explanation as to where you were for the last 35 minutes. Yeah. I mean, wait, it took you 35 minutes to kill the boss? I mean, if you count all the times that I died, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, um... Up until this point, she's been like a traveling companion with you. Oh. She's been by your side as you navigate the world. She's been by my side. She's been opening doors for me. She's been hacking terminals. She's been providing important story exposition. She's been shooting dudes. She's been so useful. And then at the very end, when I need her the most, she gone. I feel personally betrayed. You, you should take her off the Christmas card list. Well, I should. Well, then, so then we're like, okay, so we finish episode one and I start episode two and she's just acting like nothing happened. She's like, do, 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 do. Let's keep our adventure going. And I just, I can't trust her now. <laughs> like, <laughs> she betrayed the trust we had as a team. She just bailed on you, man, when you needed her most. She did. You can't work with her again. And then uh, again, if she'd had some explanation, like, hey, uh, Gordon, Gordon Freeman, I was helping these orphans escape from the war zone. And making sure they didn't get killed by this giant monster. Fine, you're saving orphans, I understand. But there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. She's just like, something might happen. what I miss? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it reminds me, Far Cry Primal. 
I haven't played it, but my friend from work, Kevin, played it quite a bit. And he loves the pet system. He had a pet saber-toothed tiger, because this is in prehistoric times. He has a pet priest and tiger that just wrecks the people he's trying to kill and is such an integral part of his battle strategy is this thing. But then when it comes to a boss fight in a cutscene, his super awesome saber-toothed tiger is taken down by like one dude with a knife and is not available for the boss fight anymore. And it's so angering, so frustrating. That would frustrate me to no end if I, I played a little bit of that game, but I just yeah, Far Cry without guns wasn't something I enjoyed. <laughs> bow and arrow spear not enough for you well bow and arrow yes the spear and having to like remake weapons really annoyed me Mm. uh that and i played far cry 4 to death and when i found out that it was the same map just reskinned with like a prehistoric theme i was just like i don't want to crawl over the same space twice i didn't even know that it's the same map it's the same map So I just didn't want to play the same map twice, essentially. Even though the animals were really awesome and having like a saber-toothed tiger run up and just maul people on command is the one of the greatest things you can ever do. <laughs> I just, I, I stopped playing after a while. But if it was just like, I'm your best friend, man and his animal, his hound, and then it's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to help you on this one. I'm going to take one knife and, you know, I'm out for the count. Not cool. Not cool. Not cool. So video game designers, if you're listening to this, because I know that you are, don't give us nice toys. Don't give us, like, even this happens with weapons sometimes. Don't give us nice weapons we can play with the whole game. And then for the final boss fight, you decide we need to go back to using a single knife. Like, this is just not great. Just let us use the things that we've fallen in love with. A reason we're playing your game on the final boss. I don't understand why you feel like you need to remove them from us. It's just to artificially inflate the difficulty of the boss fight that you have. Yeah, no, that's not fun. I think it's pretty bad design if, like, the difficulty should match the amount of weapons and the power that they've got that you have, and then yeah. it's a sudden drop-off where you're like, okay, I have a knife and a pistol with nine rounds. It's, yep. That's, that's, that's boring. Yes. Like, if, if I want a challenge of having a knife and a pistol with nine rounds, I would go back to level one. <laughs> and just turn it on hard. Right. Just play that again, which nobody likes playing level one. You play level one to get to level two. And from there on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's Half-Life. I am nursing a grudge against Alex. Maybe by the end of episode two, I'll feel better <laughs> about things, but it's not looking good. Fair enough. I did pick up the Half-Life anthology on the Steam sale. Oh, good. So I will probably play those at some point. I did hear something about like a mod called Black Mesa that improves visuals for everything, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, so Half-Life was made in 1997, and it suffers from 1997 graphics-itis. is not pretty. It visually is not pretty. Uh, but, oh my gosh, the gameplay is good enough where I played it, again, for the first time in 2008 and had a fantastic time. Um, but yes, the Black Mesa is basically it's just Half-Life made on the Source 2 engine instead of the original Source, which is what Half-Life's on. And so it's the same thing. I think they might have changed up some of the jumping puzzles that people hated so much and they made those a little bit less finicky. Uh, but yeah, but Black Mesa, I've been meaning to get that and just see exactly what it's like. But I don't know, I kind of feel like my experience with Half-Life was pretty complete as it is. And you know how your memory upgrades graphics and games that you played oh yeah yeah Yeah. so i when i think about half-life i don't remember it as being particularly bad 
even though it probably was. And I just, I don't know. I think I'm okay with staying in that state in my mind. Okay. Yeah, I remember uh, playing Crash Bandicoot 3 uh, on the PlayStation 1 with my brother when we were kids. And with the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy coming out, I saw a video that was all cutscenes comparisons. Like they had them like side by side or something. Yeah. The new graphics definitely look really good. But the old graphics, even though they definitely look bad by comparison, I think I'd still rather want to play on the old graphics if available, just for like the nostalgia of it. Yeah, exactly. I think with the Crash Bandicoot remake, I don't think they give you the option, because I think they changed some gameplay aspects, because... Did you ever play Crash Bandicoot? Nope, I was not a PlayStation kid growing up. Okay. Well, they had times where you had to run at the camera doing like jumping puzzles that you couldn't see as they came towards you that sounds terrible yeah so i'm hoping they fixed that a little bit but i also don't have a playstation 4 to play it so it's kind of irrelevant <laughs> if they did <laughs> maybe one day i'm, I'm yeah. thinking about getting one because of your recommendations for the last of us plus mm. crash bandicoot and ratchet and clank there might be some good games on there i might pick, try and pick up a pro when the price drops maybe yeah, those are pretty good reasons. I think once your reasons start ratcheting up to that number, you you're, uh, probably should get one at some point. And yeah, there's going to be a price drop, for sure. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. <laughs> They're just going to be $650 for the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, nope, pretty impossible. But yeah, as far as graphics go, I, I don't know if I talked about this in the pod. I've talked about it on the, uh, the casting quite a bit as I recently replayed through the entire StarCraft and Brood War campaign. And it's, I don't know, it was, like, it was like learning to ride a bike again. A lot of stuff I just remembered from the first time I played it through so many years ago. And the graphics, they kind of hold up. I mean, if you look at them closely and really try to analyze what's going on here, you're like, okay, they have some serious limitations <laughs> <laughs> on the number of pixels they can use here. Uh, understandable, again, it's 1997. It's an RTS. It's a big RTS for that time. And there's a lot of limitations just for uh, graphics cards and things. But... I don't know. I Obviously, I pre-ordered Rude War Remastered. Did grab the pre-order on that, even though I generally don't pre-order games, but it's StarCraft, and what do you do? So what I what I cast. And I don't, I'm looking forward to playing it, but I'm not sure if I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment out of the graphics remastered aspect of things. But we'll see. I also picked it up because, I mean, in Australian currency, it's $21.95, so I wasn't too bothered with pre-ordering it especially since it's expected to come out in a month and not like a year and a half yes and i've never played the original starcraft at all like i, I played it once when my brother came over when it became free and i was able to download yeah. it and show him what it was like but i had you know obvious as a starcraft 2 player coming back to starcraft original and brood war i things were different in ways i didn't expect and <laughs> i actually had trouble looking at the map in some places i couldn't work out why mineral patches were where they were and stuff like that <laughs> was very foreign to me so i can't wait to play the remastered version hoping i can look at it a little easier and get through the campaign and learn yeah it's a good time i mean one of the things i'm not sure if they plan on changing this but the ability to only select 12 units at a time which at the, it was a mind-blowing upgrade because previous to that it was Warcraft 2 where you could select 9 units at a time. And so to get 12 was like, hey, 3 extra, I'll take it. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. And now it seems like such a huge limitation other than that you select your entire army with one hotkey. But 
Yeah, so that's something that people have trouble with, and I'm, I haven't heard anything as to whether they're going to allow more units to be selected or if this is just solely a visual upgrade. The only thing I've seen that they're changing is allowing you to rebind hotkeys, but stuff like mm. only grabbing 12 units at a time is still in the game is what I've heard. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's part of it's part of what makes Brood War Brood War, I think, and part of the high, high skill ceiling that I mean it's a super high skill ceiling. I feel like the best players on earth in Brood War for as long as it was around, it still hadn't mastered the game on any level. And again, we talked about this, right? Hard to master is what makes people come back to try to get better and better and better at it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the reason that Brood War is so difficult is has a lot to do um with those limitations of the technology. Yep. I would absolutely say so. Mm. <sighs> Do you reckon they're going to do a StarCraft 3? I mean, if they do, it's going to be another decade, right? I'd imagine so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with them still pumping out content for StarCraft 2. Yeah. I can't imagine they'll be doing dual development just so they could be like, oh, here's some new co-op missions, you know, the in-control announce pack, and then here's StarCraft 3 in six months. Yeah, which will make everybody abandon StarCraft 2. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, if the pattern holds, they're going to make a Warcraft 4, which I would buy in a heartbeat. Warcraft 3 and Warcraft 2 are some of my favorite games of all time. If they made a Warcraft 4 RTS, that would be so awesome. I have also never played them. Yeah, you. I mean, they're good. That's all I can say about <laughs> it. They're really good. But again, they're also continually pumping out content for World of Warcraft. So... Would they steal from that player base and release Warcraft 4? I don't know. I don't know what they would do. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I wanted a new game, pick off a wish list of games I want them to, like, not Blizzard, just in general, like Humanity to remake or just release would be to get Microsoft to release Age of Empires 1 digitally because mm. you cannot buy it. That's crazy. Yeah, and I, I grew up with Age of Empires 1 and things like... Not Supreme Commander, Total Annihilation. I grew up playing those were my two main RTSs that I got to play on the not exactly built for gaming PC that we had when I was growing up. I was (laughs) definitely uh, much more of a console person because, well, it was easy to maintain. (laughs) So, yeah, but, but I did play a lot of Age of Empires and a lot of Total Annihilation. So I'd love to see those two games again. I would buy those again in a heartbeat. That's crazy. Microsoft is basically just saying, please don't give us your money. If they made Age of Empires 1 and 2 available digitally, they would get a ton of sales, I'm sure. Age of Empires 2 HD Edition is, and I play that with my friends every now and then when he wants to. The problem is it doesn't run over the internet very well. It's very laggy, even with just two people, I found. And it could be Australian internet, suck it up, (laughs) but... (laughs) which Australian internet I have met, heard many tales about. Um, Australia currently has a, uh, it's kind of like a government program called the NBN, which stands for National Broadband Network. And it's been going for more than five years now. And I live maybe mm, an hour and a half out of Sydney. And I don't have it here, but mm. three miles to my north does. And my dad, who lives another 45 minutes west of me, does, right? And people who live in the very center of Australia in a little place called Alice Springs do, but I don't. 
So it's a rollout, but it's slow and confusing. Yeah. Slow and <laughs> awful is the word I would use. Uh, that sounds nice. I mean, broadband anything is going to be exactly what you need. So maybe, I don't know, do they have, do they announce plans for when they're rolling out where? Or is it just like whenever it happens, it happens? You can put in your address and it'll be like, you're slated for whenever. And I was keeping tabs on my place and my friend's place. And his came out, I don't know, a couple months ago. And so at the time I put in mine and it's like, yeah, you're slated for November 2019. And he, he lives about five miles away from me. That's not great. That's a, that's a long time. Man, by that time, I think they might have like Elon Musk worldwide Wi-Fi through satellites, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's talked about doing it, and when he talks about stuff, he gets it started real fast. Mm. Did you, speaking of which, real quick, I don't know if we're going to spend a lot of time on this because surprisingly we're farther into the pod than I thought, but uh, so he introduced a underground car trolley system for los angeles called the boring company a couple of months ago do you hear anything about this this is the first i'm hearing of it okay because he doesn't have you know enough to do in his life he decided to also create a series of tunnels underneath los angeles where basically you're driving your car you go park in a particular spot on the street and it lowers you down on a little kind of caddy system into an underground tunnel and then kind of sleds you along at whatever speeds until you get where you want to go and then it pulls you back up to the surface streets and you keep driving. Right. Like it's a way to bypass LA gridlock, which is a problem. Like driving in LA is a total nightmare. And and he started work on it last week. So he made a brand new company and within... <laughs> The space of how long, did you say? It's maybe been, I want to say it's two months since he announced it. Yeah. Two months, he got planning permission to dig giant holes under the city of Los Angeles. And started digging said giant holes, yes. He does not mess around. Forget Stanley, this guy's goal-orientated. <laughs> he, re- he really is, like, almost to an unhealthy extent. I could not believe he'd started another company with another massive, like, just massive vision again. Uh, currently, tunnels are really expensive to dig, with some projects yes! costing as much as $1 billion per mile. Right. That's the thing. Tunnels are really expensive. So I don't... <sighs> blows my mind. I really don't know how he's managing to do all this stuff. But he seems to have pretty good success rates. I mean, SpaceX is doing really well right now, and Tesla is going to start selling its Model 3 on Saturday. And I mean, he's kind of hitting it out of the park with everything else he's doing. So why not start something else? Yeah, I mean, clearly everything else is slowing down for him. He needs to make a couple <laughs> other startups. He's, he's lost the challenge from space exploration, and he's moving <laughs> on to other things. Yeah, space, I got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's enough about that. Do you want to talk about video games? Yeah, I, I can talk some video games. Okay, so I want to talk about Sniper Elite first. Let's do that. So for those of you unfamiliar, Sniper Elite is a video game published by Rebellion developments who i don't think i've ever heard of before but basically it's 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 ubisoft 
yes, it came out in Sniper Elite 4, right? January of this year, I want to say, is when it was. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Let's not fact check that. No, let's not fact check that. So my introduction to this game was GIFs on Reddit, where it shows a sniper taking a shot. It does the bullet time thing, where it follows the bullet in slow motion. And then as it's approaching the victim, the victim's skeleton and general anatomy is available. And as the bullet hits the person, it shows exactly what the bullet is doing to the exact part of the body of the victim that it is hitting. And it makes some really impressive kind of gory visuals. Uh, from time to time, especially if someone gets shot in the testicle, which is a favorite of many of the people on Reddit to do. But I thought to myself, yeah, it's a pretty game, and I guess you just snipe stuff and never really had another thought about it. But then Wade contacted me and said, we should talk about a couple games. We should plan this out instead of just doing it on the fly. And I said, that's a great idea. And we kind of settled on the Sniper Elite and another one that will come up later, and I watched a lot of Let's Plays of the game, which is a good way to get your feel of what it's like. And I think I'm in love, Wade. Oh, in love. That's a strong word. In love. So my one of my favorite series is Assassin's Creed. I like sneaking around. I like scaling buildings. I like stabbing people in the leg and pulling them off ledges as I hang below them. This game has all of those things. I also really like sniper play. If there, if you let me play a game and there's a way I can kill people from a long distance, I will do it. I will choose my build where I can shoot people from a mile away and they never see me coming. That's how I played Skyrim. That's how I played The Last of Us when I could. And every game that is possible. So this can, it has both. It has the sneaking and the stealth and the assassinating people, but also the sniper play and the pretty graphics on top when you shoot somebody through the shin. Yeah, it has all those things. Well, yeah. Do you have a butt? I heard a butt in there. There's a butt. Um, the butt is, I'm actually just really awful at stealth. So I've played <laughs> maybe two hours of this. That's how long it took me to beat the first level, which you spend rummaging around an island in Italy trying to kill three Nazi commanders. Of which I could, like, I could, I managed to kind of go through maybe half the island sneaking around with my silenced pistol, and I'd wait for them to, like, walk around the corner with my, it already pre-aimed at their face, they'd be surprised, and they'd just pop, and spray of blood. It was fantastic. Yeah. But eventually I got to a point where, okay, that guy's in the middle of a field, right? Or, yeah, this is, like, the commander. I want to take him out with the sniper rifle because I want that x-ray shot. And I couldn't find things to mask the sound of your shot. Otherwise, you get detected. And other than a couple of generators, which are located around the map, you really kind of have to rely on a plane flying overhead, which it does maybe once every three minutes or so. Which, I don't like sitting still waiting for a plane while my target moves out of sight. I can understand that. That sounds very frustrating. Yes. Was this like the tutorial or was this after like here's how you play the game? Well, the, the, there's a tutorial right off the bat, uh, which is like, this is how you climb and press this button to zoom in and hold your breath while you take your shot. But then they kind of just immediately open up to this small island and they're like, all right, kill the commanders. There's a couple of side objectives if you find them and some collectibles. Go nuts. Okay, so very perfunctory then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the first level you felt like was too difficult, which from the way you're explaining it, I think I agree. 
I don't know if it's too difficult. I think I'm just that bad. I don't think I'm, okay. I'm cut out. I don't think I'm cut out for Sniper Elite. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, given that I have played Sniper Elite 3, uh, and possibly 1 and 2, I'm not sure. I think I picked them up in a bundle. If you like the look of Sniper Elite 4, probably like 1, 2, and 3 as well. Hmm. Okay. Because I don't think they've done a heck of a lot different from the last time I played it. Like, it all feels the same, except it's shinier, and maybe enemies aren't quite as dumb. Yeah, dumb enemies. It'll bother me at a certain point, but most of the time I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because, again, if I'm sniping you, how... I don't know. How do you know that I'm there? How do you protect against a dude a mile away shooting you in the head? Uh, well, okay, and on that first level, you might be able to do it from longer distances, but the longest I ever shot was at maybe 120 meters. Oh, that's not a mile, no. No, that's not a mile. I don't even know how, how many feet that is, because feet are made up uh, and crazy. They're made up. I mean, yes, they are made up. They're right. all made up, but how many feet in a mile is just completely arbitrary, and I don't understand. That is 400 feet. It's 393 feet and 8 yes. inches. Correct. At least on that first level, I wasn't shooting from a huge distance. Your weapon isn't silenced, so they can hear the shot, which is why you need the plane flying overhead to mask the sound. But if there is nothing available, everyone just turns and looks at you. That's bad. Understandably bad. All right, so it sounds very challenging, which I like a challenge, but if it gets ratcheted up too high, then I will quit. So maybe I'll pick up Sniper Elite 1, see how it is, and then move on from there. Okay, try it. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's just, it's Assassin's Creed and being able to snipe people. It looks fantastic. I had no idea there was this much gameplay. I don't know. I just had this vision of all it is is... You kind of set up on a mountain somewhere and you get different targets to shoot and that's the whole game. I don't know why I didn't think it was more fleshed out than that. Can't figure out what was wrong. I'd probably enjoy that game. (laughs) Sit up on a mountain with Link from a mile away and then, you know. Just rain fire down upon your opponents indiscriminately. Yeah, that does sound nice. Me and my friend used to have competitions in Battlefield 3 and 4 on the Xbox One where we'd get a sniper and then see what the longest shot we could get. I've had shots at, I think it was 600 meters on that game. Mm. Mm. So then they don't make sniping particularly enjoyable in that game. It's definitely much better and I guess more realistic. There's actual bullet physics and stuff in behind the scenes for Sniper Elite and in Battlefield it's kind of, yeah, bullets will drop but that's all you really kind of need to worry about, so just aim a little higher. Yeah, it's not. So it's a, they're pretending to care about the physics, but not really. I mean, that's better than a lot of games. A lot of games, sniping is just point and shoot, and you aim directly from the head from 800 meters away, and it's going to hit exactly at the head. Not accounting for anything. So accounting for a little bit, I don't know, I guess we can have some kind of credit given to the people who bothered. Sniper Elite definitely gets credit then, because they have uh, you have a limited amount of breaths you can't just hold down space to like steady your aim and if you hold it down for too long you'll you know start breathing if you have to run away from enemies you just can't turn around and instantly be like i am a ghost you have to wait for your heart rate (laughs) to come back down there's obviously bullet rise and drop because when a bullet fires and it comes out the barrel it actually rises very slightly for the first couple hundred feet i believe someone can correct me if i'm wrong but 
Sounds good to they me. Really, they, they they tried. They put care into their sniping. Well, good. I appreciate that. I do feel bad for these German soldiers who are wearing helmets, but it does nothing against the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit unfortunate, especially when you kind of get to see like the bullet coming through the back of the helmet and popping out the left eye, and it, that looks painful. <laughs> looks really bad. Like, I mean, at some point. The helmet's really hot, and I guess it protects you from some types of attacks and shrapnel and stuff probably, but mm. it's got to feel bad. I, I carried this helmet with me, wore it on my head in the blistering heat for the last four months, and then I am dead, and the helmet did nothing. That, yeah. I, if I was standing next to someone and their head exploded and they were wearing a helmet, I'd immediately, why am I doing this? <laughs> I'm just going to lay down, hope he thinks I'm dead, and take the yes. helmet off. <laughs> Yes. I mean, hope he thinks you're dead and also harder to hit you when you're lying prone on the ground, so that's nice. I, I lie down behind cover so he can't hit me. Yes, that's part two. Lie down behind cover. <laughs> Maybe see if you got any tomato sauce and just be like, it's blood, I swear. <laughs> that's actually a good idea. Save some sauce from dinner the previous day, and just in case that happens... Like, throw your helmet off and throw some tomato sauce on your forehead and lay down and close your eyes. And you can't tell if you're breathing or not from that far away. <laughs> this is foolproof. If we ever find ourselves inexplicably transported back to World War II, I think we got this figured out. Time travel in reverse? That's utterly preposterous. Utterly crazy talk. <laughs> All right, I think that's enough sniper talk. So the other game... I recommended we have a look at is Ori in the Blind Forest, which is kind of old at this point. Well, not old, but it's they've just announced a sequel, so it puts it in the older category in terms of the franchise. Yes, it's a couple years old, which in video game time is an eternity. But I had never played or really seen much more than a trailer of it, so when it was on sale for half price, I thought I'll might as well pick it up and give it a try. Woohoo! Summer sale. Yep. Yeah, so my, I mean, the first reaction to this game, which I think I've heard people express before when it first came out, is just, it is gorgeous. It is so beautiful. For those of you who don't have access to watching a YouTube video of it right now, which I feel is probably most of you, it is a side-scroller, which you're like, oh, it's a side-scroller, but it is, it has depth of field and beauty and lighting and shading and different environments in ways that just rival any animation studio you can talk about today yeah disney pixar should be hiring ex devs that worked on this game for their movies because it is gorgeous and that is part of my problem with it because it's so beautiful i want to love it and i just can't <laughs> okay what are we what are, what are our criticisms of ori and the blind forest wade walk us through it it's hard <laughs> <laughs> This is sounding very reminiscent of your criticisms about Sniper Elite, Wade. Yes, okay. Um, the combat is very simple. It's essentially mash left mouse button and you fire like little balls of flame that when you get in range of an enemy, it'll just track, but you can't manually aim from a distance. So you have to get close to an enemy and then you'll lock on and you can start attacking. Mm, okay. So I found combat to be even on easy to not be actually any easier than I found it on normal because I would get in close and then I have to mash the A button because it locks onto the enemy 
I can't kill it any faster than my weapon can fire, essentially. Right. I, I can't find a way to kill these guys any quicker than what I currently have or more effective, but I have to get through them to get more effective weapons, which is slowing me down. And I'm having some issues with the wall climbing, which is essentially push a direction and then mash spacebar or timely press spacebar to try and hang onto this wall and then point in the other direction and jump over to the other side. I'm apparently completely incapable of doing this correctly. <laughs> I played for 40, well, maybe 35 minutes when I got to the first real platforming section, but I would jump onto a wall and then start sliding down and my character would only jump a few like inches up, not like the full jump that I wanted it to do. Yeah. So I felt like I couldn't control my character properly. And I played for 35 minutes, which is mostly, like, tutorial and exposition for the story. When I came across the first one, I was there until I'd played for an hour and 20 minutes, and I died 120 times before I could get past the first real challenge, <laughs> challenging jumping puzzle. 120 times is a lot of times. Yes. Uh, fortunately, they do give you a save system, so I was able to save, like, right at the start of that puzzle so i died it respawned fairly quickly and i could just run at it so it's it's that is nice they didn't make you replay large portions of the game to get back there but but 37 times the save system however is manually you have to trigger it to where you want it to be and mm -hmm. it goes off an energy like kind of system so you need to have the resources to put a save point if you don't have the resources or you die and you've forgotten to save, it will take you back before cutscenes and you do have to watch them again every time. <laughs> I've had that happen to me a couple of times where I'm halfway through a jumping puzzle and I've put a, a saving point in the middle of the puzzle, but I can't continue and I can't go back because I have to backtrack through the jump puzzle. I'm pinned between two jumping puzzles and I can't beat either of them. Hmm. Rock in a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. Rock in a beautiful place. <laughs> a beautiful hard place music's good too i assume you just watched let's plays yeah uh-huh yep yeah did they include the music because sometimes that stuff gets copywritten yeah. and they don't upload it with it they just kind of put it on mute or talk over it no no the one that i caught did have it so okay I, i'm really enjoying the music so that's nice so it's a beautiful place and it sounds lovely but it is kicking your butt yeah yeah At first i thought it was maybe just a problem with mouse and keyboard so i switched to a uh, Xbox controller. Hmm. I shouldn't have done that because I just now had something <laughs> I could throw. <laughs> something to abuse. Yeah, which I didn't throw, but it did very quickly make me just put it down. And <laughs> when I got home from work today, I before I quickly tried to dedicate, you know, an hour to beating Sniper Elite's first level, I tried to uh, progress a little bit further in that. And I, I got further, but I did have, at one point have to look up a walk through. I had to like push a rock and then jump up under the rock while there's, you know, obstacles I have to avoid and then use that rock to jump to a wall and then climb up the wall. I was on the rock and it's on a ledge that you have to push onto like some spiky thorns. And so I yeah. get to the other side, I push it in there and I jump up and I just can't reach it. I just can't do it. I go over and watch a walkthrough and you have to push it onto the spiky thorns and then pull it back and it will kind of like hiccup when it gets back up there and stand upright. Wow. Yeah, because it's a rectangle rock. Yeah, how are you supposed to figure that out without like a walkthrough? Hmm. 
So it okay. So there's it's different. There's mechanics that aren't familiar. It's a little challenging with timing and certain things. Enough to the point that you want to throw your controller. Hmm. Well, that's too bad. I might have to. I have to give it a try. Um, I have to give my opinion. Pick it up, and if you don't like it within two hours, you can always get a refund. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I forgot about that policy. I haven't taken advantage of it yet, and I guess that's why. Yeah, so I'm looking here. It is $10 US on the Steam sale. So I could probably do that. All right, that's my homework. My homework is to play Ori and the Blind Forest and get to the point where I want to throw my keyboard. <laughs> yes. And then feel the same pain that Wade feels right now. Or we're going to come back next week and you're just going to be like, it was really easy. You need help. I'm going to feel really, really bad. (laughs) (laughs) As well, you should. You should feel bad if it comes to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I suppose. Oh, um, I know people are probably wondering by now. We are nearly at the end. But have I managed to come across a copy of Memento yet? Oh, it, it's time for our weekly update on Can Wade Find a Copy of Memento in Australia? Take it away, Wade. So last week, oh, maybe five days ago, which is last week, I came across a copy on eBay from Tasmania that was $10 plus shipping. So last night before I left for work, I checked my desk and someone had brought in my mail and included was a copy of Memento. Holy cow. And it didn't cost you $50. And it did not cost me $50. <laughs> I honestly thought this would go on for months, and I was so excited. <laughs> excited to see me struggle to find a DVD. I mean, conflict is what pe- keeps people coming back, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. If everything goes peachy for your main character, it's not a good show. So, I don't know. All right, well, we'll have to find another challenge for you then. So what you're saying is you have it, but you haven't watched it yet. I have not watched it yet. Uh, no, which I will probably do sometime in the next seven days. Yes, yeah, sometime in the next seven days. Uh, whether or not I understand it now, there's a question. Mm, it might take a couple of viewings. I'm not going to lie. I have heard that. Okay. I'm not going to tell you anything else, though. Nope. N- nothing nothing else? else? Nothing else. Not even a clue? No. No. Uh, no clues. Okay. Partly because I'm not sure my clue would be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to now go back and rewatch it to make sure when we talk about it, you, you know, aren't talking out your ass? Might have to. Might have to do that because it is a mind trip for sure. Okay. So good. That's your homework. My homework is Ori in the Blind Forest. We'll discuss some other TV shows and books and video games to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. And unless you have something else, we'll wrap this up. Um, for anyone, actually, no, uh, not really. That's not, <laughs> not that's relevant. I was just going to talk about the subscriber numbers. Because uh, oh. actually, this is something I can mention. Uh, if I look at the numbers for daily uh, subscribers, like on a daily basis, there was a day last week, Thursday or Wednesday for you. I assume it was just an issue with how it counts them. But we did for about a day have zero people subscribing. Wow. After it had been at 153 peak. Yeah, so zero people is a little weird. Yeah. But not not so insane I wouldn't believe it. I mean, you couldn't have a downtime right now. Well, yeah. I mean, it was zero, and then the day after that, it, it jumped back up to 130. So. Okay. 
It was, it was just a bit strange. Nice. Yeah. Huh. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. You're right. Maybe the reporting just glitched out a little bit. Maybe. But yeah, thanks to everybody who has subscribed. We are in the process of trying to get some intro music, which I know is an important part of the podcast experience, is hearing familiar music at the start and possibly at the end. So we might have some for next week. No promises, but I think it should be pretty easy to to accommodate. And yeah, tell your friends if you like talking about uh, hearing people talk about science and video games and books and whatnot. And if you like hearing two dudes waffle on about stuff, especially uneducated takes on British forms of government. Yes, definitely. I think that'll get that'll get people to come back for sure. Uh, what else will? Very popular these days among the millennials. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be it from us on that note. This has been the Falcon Paladin Hour with Falcon Paladin and Wade. Thank you so much for joining us. Hit that subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be here every week with our hot takes on topics like technology and books and movies and video games from time to time and parliament. So that's going to be it from us. Thank you so much again. And as always, until next time, you take care of yourself.